Today, we're going to talk about why the Calvin Ridley suspension is good news for Kyle Pitts, how the Florida Gators baseball team schedule is about to ease up finally, and how Damian Pierce's quiet combine meant nothing for his draft stock. Only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is here and Run Your Pool has a better way to create your bracket. RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Happy Tuesday. I am Brandon Olson. Twitter is WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with whole line sports. Getting right into it. The big news of yesterday that kind of kind of shocked the sports world a little bit. Calvin Ridley, the Atlanta Falcons wide receiver, who took off for most of last season, um, stepped away from football for mental health concerns, and he is evidently stepping away from football again for just a year as he has been suspended now for gambling on NFL games, including games that the Atlanta Falcons played in. So, yeah, he's he's in a little bit of a little bit deep doo doo there. Regardless on your stance of whether or not Calvin Ridley should be suspended for a year or at all or however long, forever, whatever it may be, um, fact of the matter is it's happened. He's gone for he's he's suspended indefinitely, but at least a year. Um, so there's that, and that's going to impact Kyle Pitts, who is of course the unicorn. Um, the former Florida Gators tight end that was the fourth overall pick for the Atlanta Falcons last season with Calvin Ridley active. Kyle Pitts played five games and he had 34 targets, 22 catches, and 352 yards. So an average that is 6.8 targets, 4.4 catches, and 70.4 yards. Without Calvin Ridley, 12 games, 76 targets. 46 catches, 674 yards, and a touchdown averages 6.3 targets, 3.8 catches, and 56 point, basically two yards per game. And uh, yes, on an average basis, um, Calvin or Calvin Ridley's absence did in fact hurt Kyle Pitts' numbers because on average he was slightly worse with Calvin Ridley off the field as with Calvin Ridley on the field, but there's also a number of factors that went into that. You know, um, the Falcons went through it a bit with their offense here and injuries specifically. I know talent-wise, not great, but injury-wise, offensive line-wise, you look at any other receivers that might have been injured. You know, uh, Russell Gage missed a few games, and the, uh, the wide receiver one and two spots were constantly just cycling in. It seemed like, oh, I mean, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was constantly coming in and out. It was rough, and Kyle Pitts was kind of the, the only guy that was there for an extended period of time. And, yeah, while the numbers did take a dip, NFL defenses got to kind of focus and key in Kyle Pitts because it was, look, who else is getting the ball? It's it's Patterson and Pitts. That's it. Like That, that was it. You know, Mike Davis was in a big part of the passing game last year. It, it was very rough to be an Atlanta Falcons fan. I, I know a lot of you guys are Bucks fans, so – Congratulations. I'm sure it was very fun for you. 
But looking at just the team in general and Kyle Pitts's specifically uh, Kyle Pitts's production, he he took a little bit of a hit with Calvin Ridley out, and I I think that that's going to be different this year because look at what happened last year, what the situation was last year. Calvin Ridley stepped away from the team to take care of his mental health, which I have no qualms with whatsoever. Um, that that's that's fine by me. It was in the middle of the season. It's very different from this year when it's now March 8th. Calvin Ridley has been suspended for at least a season. And now it's free agency. It's pre-draft. The Atlanta Falcons have time to kind of focus on building this offense even more around Kyle Pitts. Calvin Ridley was a trade option before that, but now it's, look, Kyle Pitts is the guy there's nobody challenging him for that so he's going to play more out wide he's going to play more in line than he did last year too more in the slot he's going to move around more he's going to be involved more in this offense and that's big what does really suck is that well that wide receiver one that was supposed to be here and supposed to be the kind of guy where it's like well you them both with double coverage that guy's now gone and free agency you can still get that you know Again, I know you guys are Bucks fans. Chris Godwin is someone who, as of the time of recording this, has not been tagged yet. So Chris Godwin is someone who could hit free agency and be that guy, provided he's healthy. There are options around. There are options everywhere. And Arthur Smith and this and Terry Fontenot and this and this franchise, they've they've fumbled some things before. Not Smith and Fontenot, they're new, but the Falcons in general have fumbled some things. But that is not going to be the case this year. You get the entire offseason now, or pretty much the entire offseason now, to build your roster to fit those needs. You get to improve the offensive line, which is going to happen. You get to improve your receiving core, which can't get worse, so it's going to happen. And you get to build that whole season game plan. You get to look at this season and say, we've got these guys, these, this is what we have. And you, or, Well, not these weeks, but you get to look at these this team and you get to say, we can build this. Like we can build this game plan around him going into the season. It's going to be some week six, Calvin's gone kind of thing. It's going to be week one, Calvin's gone. Week two, Calvin gone. Week three, week one, all the way through eighteen, and that's actually an added bonus. It's it sucks what happened, trickly. But Kyle Pitts will become the true focal point of this offense. There will not be a question as to whether or not he can be that guy. He's going to be that guy he's going to be game planned around because last year a year ago today he wasn't even drafted yet he wasn't even a falcon at this time now you get to spend that whole time building around him and figuring out what worked last year what didn't work how did how did other teams um uh, approach kyle pitts and defend kyle pitts and how can we kind of negate that and how, how can we counteract that so it's going to be big for calvin for kyle pitts that calvin ridley is gone. It sucks, but it means a Kyle Pitts is just further cementing himself as the focal point and the franchise piece of this offense moving forward. And expect those, you know, those six point three targets per game without Calvin Ridley, they're going to go up to eight to nine targets. They don't. That is a catastrophic failure by this Atlanta Falcons franchise, which we've done before. Hello, twenty eight three. We're going to shift gears just a bit to talk about Florida Gators baseball in the next coming weeks. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Stat Hero. If you participate in March Madness brackets every year and you suck every year, like 
I tend to do, which I used to crush. And then I learned about college basketball and I knew things and I was like, I can, I can figure out these matchups and guess what? No, I can't. Um, <laughs> I suck at those. Stat Heroes NCAA single game pick'ems pit star players against each other in a hybrid of fantasy and sports gambling. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. And why is that? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery of who or what you're going against. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on using promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Terms and conditions do apply. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Be sure to check out the Lockdown Bracket Breakdown on March 14th right here on the Lockdown Gators podcast feed and YouTube channel. Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns for every matchup. Will the Gators be there? Got me beat. Florida Gators baseball started the season 10-3, which I'm I'm fine with considering that they started the season one in two after dropping that opening series to Liberty, which is like, it's one of those things where I'm not fine with that, but I, I'm, I'm cool with an eight and one start after that. That's or a nine and one start after that. I think that's fine. Florida did just have a massive series win in Coral Gables against Miami after dropping the first game two to five. And then the, Oh, man. The second two games, Florida outscored the Canes 19-4 to and then flashed the little you down, and I know people were upset about that, and that's so rude and so disrespectful and so bloody, bloody, blah. I don't care. If you don't like it, stop it. It's the same thing as if you don't like a team running up the score on you, stop them. Be better. If not, get out. The, I mean, we used to have a saying when I played football. It was, uh, if they can't play, blow they beep out. And that's what we had chanted. We had a blow. That, that's all it was. And that's what it was. But looking forward for Florida Gators baseball, things are going to continue to brighten up. Over the next couple of weeks, the Gators take on Jacksonville today and tomorrow. I mean, there are no slouches. You know, they played one game against Florida State, handled them. Three to two handle. They they won three to two. Um, and I'm not overlooking them at all. But I am looking at just the next couple of weeks in general. And if Florida can get through these Jacksonville games unscathed, um, I mean th- this weekend Florida's got a, a nice little setup there. The Gators host an 0 in nine Seton Hall team for a three game series which I am very excited for because I, y'all know at this point, um, I'm a New York kid. I got, I got a lot of friends that are New Jersey also and Seton Hall fans and nothing makes me happier than, well, I mean, there are things that make me happier like Florida State losing and Miami losing, but few things make me happier than Seton Hall getting dominated in any sport, um, which I love. So Florida gets a, Three-game series against a horrid Seton Hall team, followed by a one-off against the Seminoles, who I've now mentioned more times than I wanted to going into this episode, and more times than I'm comfortable with. I'm probably going to go puke after recording this, because just 
Seminoles name is just awful. But I have to say it again. The Gators are taking on Florida State uh, a week from today before conference play starts for them. And then SEC play begins. And when we look at SEC play for the Florida Gators, they start off with Alabama, who nine and four in the year. And yeah, like I, I have no problem saying that their four losses are against a Texas team that are elite. You know, they're, 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 I mean, ranked number one, I'd say they're a top three team talent wise in college baseball. If not one, that's, that's not, but that's Alabama team. That's pretty good. I guess like, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to say this without being just like blatantly disrespectful to them. Florida's 10 and 3 and hasn't played an insane schedule. Alabama's 9 and 4 and they've played a pretty bad schedule. Um I'll say that. You know, they, they lost to Texas 3 times. That's fine. That then you're 9 and 1 outside of those. But I mean, I feel like they've been pretty dang inconsistent. Uh like their pitching staff hasn't been dominant. Their their bats haven't been dominant. They they've been pretty inconsistent overall as a unit and so that's why I'm like I'm not super scared of them, like, or not super scared. I'm not scared of them at all. I, I don't think they're a great team right now. So I'm, I'm going to hope that Florida can get into it. But, uh, I yeah, like, when we look at SEC play, the first series is against Alabama. And I'm looking forward to it. After that, things get rough. They do. Things get a little rough with LSU down. And LSU is a team that I, I think they're better than Alabama at baseball. So LSU is a team where I'm going to say that – uh that their schedule's easing up with LSU, but over the next week and a half, two weeks, Florida, I mean, you've got you've got Jacksonville, who's a team that you should you should beat handedly. Um you've got Jacksonville. You've got a very bad Seton Hall team. You've got a Florida State team, which yeah, you've already which you you can beat them. We know that we know that you can beat them. And you've got Alabama to start SEC play. And I think Alabama's a great SEC opponent to start the ser- to start SEC play because you look at Alabama, they're not – I don't think they're great. They're not bad, but they're not great. They're not bad. And they're a team where you really get to find out, you know, what are the Gators going to be like in, in conference play. And, I mean, just thinking about players like specifically, I mean, can we talk about Blake Purnell for a second? He, he's pitched in different games. He's made seven appearances. He's had 14 innings pitched. He's got an ERA of 0.00, just straight big fat goose eggs across the board there. He's allowed just eight hits. He struck out 14 batters in that time, so a strikeout an inning. And he's allowed just one run, but obviously it was unearned. ERA is a perfect 0.00. Brandon Sprout and Nick Ficarata are also, they've been on fire this season too. The pitching staff has just been built different at certain points or really throughout this season. Hopefully the bats can come alive. I realize that saying hopefully they come alive makes it seem like I'm like, oh, wow, they suck. No, I I just want them to come alive a bit more consistently, I'll say. I want them to get more into a rhythm and take advantage of right now having weaker opponents to play against. And, yeah, I I just I want to say I think that this team – is about to bounce in a big way, and I think SEC play might start off with the queens with a queen queen sweep sweep of the Alabama Crimson Tide. And 
March Madness is just a few weeks away. That means you need to start thinking right now about where you're running your brackets this year. And I have a suggestion. It's a place I'm using. Runyourpool.com. ESPN, CBS, yet don't compare. When you use runyourpool.com, you'll be able to set your bracket with me and Locked On Gators listeners for free, which we'll set up again closer to bracket time. Um, but a bigger thing about that is that you can join runyourpool.com slash locked on, and you can set up that bracket where you get to compete for a cash prize against myself other hosts, and a whole bunch of listeners. So you get to compete for a cash prize for just setting your bracket. It's a set it and forget it kind of thing. You don't have to worry about anything after that. If you want to set up your own, you can go to runyourpool.com and use code PUREMADNESS. Free to sign up, free to use, free to play. You only have to pay if you set up your own bracket. Runyourpool.com slash lockdown for a chance to win a cash prize for free. Anybody else make money this weekend? I know I didn't. You know who else didn't? A certain player that we talked about in the first segment of today's show. Um, he did not make money this weekend. Um, whew, I could tell you that much. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, Florida losing through a whole lot of wrenches in my plan because, you know, basketball. I... Hmm. I bet that they would win. I bet Florida money line against Kentucky, even though I was like, every, every fiber of my being was like, don't do it. That's a dumb thing to do. And guess what? I did it anyway, and I lost because of it. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device. That's how I do it. Sign up today, betonline.net is where the game starts. Now we're talking about the NFL Combine, which was this past weekend, of course, and it was dope. You got guys like Kyrie Lamar in a 439, one of the fastest defensive backs out there. And also, if you didn't see yesterday, Lock Draft put out a mock draft, and Kyrie Lam does go in the first round. I won't tell you where, because I, I think you should go check. I'll tell you it's towards the end of the first round, but you should go check it. Eric Crocker is just uh, chef's kiss with his DB analysis. But we're not talking about a DB right now. We're talking about a running back. That is Damian Pierce, who I feel like right now he might be one of the most widely beloved running backs just in, in the draft community. Uh, 21 reps on the bench was good for third amongst running backs at the Combine. 34-and-a-half-inch vert was eighth amongst running backs at the Combine. They were... Uh, 24, if I'm not mistaken. His 9 foot 11 inch broad jump was one of the worst among running backs. And his 4 5 9 40 was, I, I mean, towards the end of the path for the running backs. But here's the thing. Um, and I, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret that Florida fans, you probably know. But if you're listening to this because you just like searched Damian Pierce's name and you saw it, that's fine. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Those numbers don't mean a damn thing. Why is that? Because Damian Pierce, I mean, first of all, if you went into the combine, if, if you were like, if you were a listener and you're like, hey, like, I'm going into this combine and I think Damian Pierce is going to run a great 40. Like, I think he's going to light it up. Yeah, it's your dang mind. I'll tell you that right now. That's That, that was never going to happen. We were going into this like, hey, if Damian Pierce can hit somewhere in the four fives, that's a good 40. 
and four five nine. Sure, it's toward the end of the pack for running backs, but he's a very different build and physique than a lot of those other running backs. So, and a lot of and a different play style than a lot of those different running backs. So, I don't I don't think it hurts him at all. Like the four five nine means nothing. He was in the four fives, and that was the important part for him. I think Damian Pierce's game has never been speed. It never was speed, and it never will be speed. His ten his ten yard split was about one point six two seconds, which is fine. That's what you would expect from someone like him. Because guess what, burst was never his thing. Burst isn't his thing, and burst probably never will be his thing. The man is not a speed back. He is not an agile back. I mean, he's pretty, but he's not a bursty back. He's he's not an accelerating back. He's not Bo Jackson out here. No, Damian Pierce. If you if you've seen the Marshawn Lynch interview that I'm gonna reference, that's Damian Pierce. Where it's like, oh, like what's your plan? Run through a mother face, run through a mother face, and eventually, if you keep running through a mother space, they'll be like, I don't want this. Find out what you're made of, and that's what Damian Pierce is. He's that he can run through anything that comes into his path. He does not care. He he is the not so speeding bullet. He's just gonna plow through anything he can't wrecking ball every single time arm tackles yank and get him two arm tackles yank go and get him throw your whole body at him you might get him and even then i'm, I'm gonna take damian pierce nine times out of ten on that and also you look at the the grander scheme of things you you take away the the pomp and frills of the combine you take away the 40 yard dash you take away the three cone you take away whatever it might be and you've got Damian Pierce, who's a damn good football player. And he's done everything that's been asked of him. His his tape is fantastic for a running back that lacks those top-end elite athletic attributes. He lacks those, sure. But he is damn good at everything he's been asked to do. Pass blocking? Good. Running through people's faces? Good. Being a reliable pass catcher out of the backfield, good. Yeah, no, Damian Pierce does all that. Make no mistake. Damian Pierce is one of those guys where, okay, I I, I talked about Kyrie Elam and running his 4-3-9 and that, that he helped himself because uh, Trevor Sikkim was here last Monday and he was like, look, like Kyrie Elam is someone who if he can crack the 4-4s, that, that's good for him. He cracked the 4-3s. That is an... That is, I, I can't even decide when he's phenomenal or amazing for him. Damian Pierce is not that kind of guy combine was going to define anything for him. He, he was never that type. He was someone who, he went to the combine and probably the interviews were the most important part for him. Not the bench, which by the way, Damian Pierce Florida was, was dope for him to do, but he was one of the few running backs that did the bench. Uh, but, but the interviews mattered for him. His four, unless he ran a four, eight, was never going to matter. Things like that where they don't matter for a guy like Damian Pierce. He's not he's he's not a workout warrior. He I mean lifting, you don't want to mess with him. He squats like 700 pounds. But when you look at the the 40, the 3 cone, the vert, the broad, which by the way, the bench and the vert were both solid, but broad everything else was not great. It doesn't matter. He's not the kind of back that needs that elite athleticism and he could just do it himself. So that's why it doesn't matter to him. It's not going to hurt him. I see people being like, oh, like Damian Pierce's 40 really wasn't great. And it's like, if you expected great from him, that's your fault. You failed at that. That was not a Damian Pierce thing. He's going to be 
just fine. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more of your Locked On Gators. And if you want to leave a, a comment, a review on Apple Podcasts, anything, subscribe, like, follow, all that fun stuff, please do it. We're going to have fun, and I'm always out looking for feedback. Now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And I'll see you all tomorrow.